so good to be with you. I wanna uh, <coughs> begin by reading a passage for you, having a passage read for us that we're gonna end up focusing on in this message. Um, I kinda had a hard week this week. Anybody have a hard week? Yeah, had a hard week. And a lot of times uh, when, I are, when I'm up here following a hard week, what I end up doing is just kinda <laughs> teaching some things that really I need to preach to myself. And so today is really just about reminding you of a few truths that I've had to remind myself of over the past seven days or so. But let me, uh, let me have this, April, will you read this for me? Here, I'm, I'm coming to you. I'm gonna come to April over here and she's gonna read this passage for me. It's Blind Bartimaeus, uh, story of Blind Bartimaeus in Mark 10, 46 through 52 will be up on the screens. Blind Bartimaeus receives his sight. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Thank you, April. Son of David, have mercy on me, he shouted and the crowd told him to be quiet. So he shouted even louder, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, it kind of reminds me uh, of a time that I was playing basketball in middle school. And uh, we were in a game when somebody passed me the ball at half court and I took the ball and I started running towards the goal and I was wide open and the crowd was yelling, go, go, go. And I went up for this beautiful layup, perfect technique off the backboard into the basket. And as that ball fell through the hoop, all of a sudden the entire crowd got quiet and you could hear a pin drop in the gym when I realized that I had shot in the wrong basket. The crowd was not yelling, go, go, go. They were screaming, no, no, no. You know, there, there, there's a lot that is being shouted at us in life, right? We live in a noisy world, a lot of information, a lot of opinions, a lot of negativities, saying things like, you aren't enough, you have failed, God is not faithful, you are no good. And you know, you don't always get the option of what is being shouted at you, but you do always get the choice in what you choose to believe. And so my hope is today that you would walk away from here believing what God says about himself and what God says to you because you are enough. You haven't failed. God is faithful and you are good. 
our friend, uh, blind Bartimaeus, he had a lot that was being shouted at him. But the reason he had enough faith to cry out to God, son of David, have mercy on me, even when the crowd was telling him to be quiet, he shouted even louder, son of David, have mercy on me. The reason he had the faith to stand up when he couldn't see, throw his cloak off to the side, which we'll talk about here in a moment, and pursue Jesus with all of his heart was because in the middle of all of the noise, he chose to believe one truth, that God is who he said he is. That's what gave him the faith that ultimately healed him. We're currently in a a series right now called Made New and Uh, At the very foundation of this series, we're really just talking about the good news of Jesus. (laughs) The the good news of Jesus that in the middle of our brokenness, in the middle of our shame, in the middle of our sin, in the middle of death, that, that the Son of God came down to earth, fully man, fully deity, lived a perfect life, died on the cross and rose from the grave three days later, so that you and I could have this unhindered relationship with the Father, so that we could experience his spirit from heaven in this abundant life on earth. That is the good news of the gospel. And the greatest news is what Ephesians 2 says, that he did all of this. Why? Because of his great love for us. It is all because of his great love. His love is so deep and so wide and so big that it's incomparable and and quite honestly, incomprehensible. And so before we move on to anything else, we have to stop and recognize that the only reason we're here today is because of his great love. There, there is nothing we do or say or act upon that is good and holy that is not because of his great love. And every blessing you experience in life is because of his great love. From your kids to your coffee is because of his great love. Let me tell you something, man. They're, 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 you will, your life will radically change for the better if you will commit to daily recognizing his great love in your life. Your attitude will change, your perspective will change, your mindset will change, your relationships. Like if you actually stop throughout your day and thank God for the good. And you might, you, you might have to switch up your schedule a little bit. Like you might have to shake up your schedule, you might have to change your calendar, to set reminders throughout your day, to remind yourself of God's great love. You might have to spend your mornings a little differently. You might have to spend your lunch hour someplace else. There is no greater transformation than the transformation that happens in us when we make it a habit to express gratitude for his goodness. Quite honestly, that's why we spend 30 minutes just worshiping, expressing that gratitude, giving thanks, calling out praise, because I I can't get up here and teach anything effectively 
without first and foremost recognizing his great love. And so the question is not, does God love you? The question is, do you see it? And what is your response to it daily? What's your response? You have to respond. You have to. Now, your response may be to to ignore it. It may be to rebuke it. It may be to embrace it. But you have to respond. You know, 13 years ago, I gave my life to Jesus. And after really hitting rock bottom from trying anything and everything to fulfill my heart's desire, I finally came to the realization that the only thing that I haven't really tried was fully trusting in him. And so in the basement of uh, a college chapel, I got on my knees and I repented and I, for the first time, fully trusted in him. But listen, that, that was only the beginning because every day since then, I have to make the decision to trust in him. If anybody asked me when I gave my life to Jesus, the answer is every single day. Every day, you have to respond to the good news. It's not a passive religion. It's an intentional decision. But Paul gives some, some really, really great practical advice on what our response should be in Ephesians 4. So I wanted to read that for you. It's where we got our series idea from. Ephesians 4, 20 through 24, it says this, that, uh, however is not, that, that however is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ, which we just did, and were taught in him accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, which we just did. You were taught with regard to your for, former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires and to be made new. Everybody say made new. In the attitude of your minds to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So Paul is saying that every single day the response to the gospel should be to put on Jesus. Put him on. Put on your Jesus put on his love, put on his forgiveness, just like you put on your clothes every single day. You put on your Jesus, put on his mercy, put on his grace. And I love that Paul specifically attacks the attitude of our mind. Like, what are you spending your day thinking about? Because that's really where the battle is won or lost. Whatever comes in your mind will come out in your life. And if we wanna walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus, act like Jesus, we gotta first and foremost think like Jesus. We have to train ourselves to do what Philippians 4.8 says, which is focus on whatever is true and noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. See, I can't put on my new self if I'm thinking like my old self. I gotta transform my mind. And my favorite is that in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says that God has given you the power and authority to take captive every single thought and make it obedient to Christ. God has given you that ability 
to control your thoughts. There's no out on this. Like nobody can force you to think something. Nobody can force you to meditate on something. The, the economy does not control your thoughts. Your spouse doesn't control your thoughts no matter what they say or don't say. Your boss can't control your thoughts. Your ex-boyfriend can't control your thoughts. You control your, it's not a free-for-all up in the dome. This week, it was a, uh, I was like a three-ring circus in my head this week. And on Thursday morning, I had to wake up and I had to decide that I was gonna start preaching to my thoughts instead of letting my thoughts preach to me. So I started saying, I am a child of God. I'm not my mistakes. I'm a good husband. I'm a good father. I'm strong enough. I'm blessed. I'm chosen. I've been given everything that I need to be exactly who God has called me to be. I've been given everything I need to do exactly what God has called me to do. See, if I want to live like a new creation, I got to start thinking like a new creation. We, there's so many times we want our life to change but that transformation comes when our thoughts change, when our mind changes. Again, when I get super passionate like this, it's because I'm preaching to myself this week, you know? I like to do a thought audit sometimes. And if you have a spectrum of thoughts and over on this end you got uh, what is uh, worried and negative, and then on this end, you have what is peaceful and positive. Like, if you wanna get really good at this, then you have to take time to stop and ask the question, am I leaning more towards the worried and negative or peaceful and positive? And this Greek word, to take captive, comes from the idea of a Roman soldier taking the spearhead and putting it up against the enemy's throat and interrogating it and asking the question, where did you come from and where are you going? And so you gotta get good at asking the question, where did this thought come from? Did this thought come from the Lord? Is this true? Is this right? Is this pure? Is this noble? Is this lovely? Where is this thought going? Is it taking me down a rabbit hole of anxiety and depression? Where did it come from and where is it going? Romans 12, two says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. And so we come back to blind Bartimaeus uh, because the theme of this story is a man that stepped out of his old and into his new, and he did it all because he was able to have reign and control over his thoughts, no matter what was being shouted at him. And it's so fascinating to me that Bartimaeus was sitting on the roadside of this ancient city, Jericho, when he began to cry out to God, son of David, have mercy on me, and the crowd told him to be quiet. Crowd told him, Jesus doesn't care about you. Jesus doesn't have time for you. Jesus doesn't see you or know you. But he didn't listen to the crowd. He didn't listen to the negative. 
He chose to believe that God is who he says he is, and so he cried out even louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. And I just think that there's a lesson in there somewhere about someone who is so persistent in crying out to God when the noise around him got loud. I think that we could use a little bit of that tenacity in our life, that when life gets loud, I cry out to God even louder. When my mistakes are loud, when my insecurity is loud, when my shame is loud, I cry out to God even louder. Like, what would my life really look like if I practiced Matthew 6.33, which is seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, first and foremost? I mean, ultimately, this man found freedom and healing because he was willing to pursue God with his whole heart. And I just... Just hope that somebody says that about me someday. Don't you? You weren't perfect. But when life got loud, you cried out to God even louder. You pursued him with your whole heart. Son of David, have mercy on me. He shouted this to the point when Jesus finally called him over, he threw off his cloak. Chase, throw me my jacket over there. He threw off his cloak. So you gotta understand that this was a blind man in the first century. His only occupation was to beg on the streets. He was the lowest of lows in the caste system. The only possession he had was his cloak. This cloak would have been used for protection from the rain, warmth in the cold, a bed in the evening. He would have laid it down and used it as a mat for begging. It was his identity. It was his property. It was his livelihood. So when he jumped up and threw his only possession off to the side to pursue after Jesus, it was not a small act. He was making a statement, I am all in. What would give somebody that type of faith? It's because he believed that God was who he said he was. <laughs> and ultimately that type of faith, Jesus said, is what healed him. And so for me, as I'm reading through this story this week, it just begs the question, like when nothing is going right in your life, do you still believe that God is who he says he is? Because let me tell you something, trusting in his name is where you find the faith to overcome any challenge you face. Believing that he is who he says he is is the secret to having the courage. Bartimaeus stood up in a noisy world. He threw off his cloak. And the only reason he was able to have that type of bravery was because he had the faith in Jesus. Son of David, he cried out, which was a name only reserved for the one true Messiah. Have mercy on me, he cried out. So he believed that Jesus actually had the power to heal him, save him, and make him whole. So what's our response to the gospel? Do you believe that God is who he says he is? You know, and I want you to walk away every Sunday trusting in him a little bit more. 
believing in him a little bit more. Knowing his names a little bit more. So let me just remind you of who God is. He is Elohim, the creator, El-Rohi, the God that sees me, El-Shaddai, the Almighty, Adonai, the Master, Yahweh, the Great I Am, Shalom, the Lord of Peace, Suri, the Solid Rock, Rohai, the Shepherd, Jireh, the Provider, Rapha, the Great Healer, and most importantly, He is your Savior. I think another significant aspect of this story that I don't have a lot of time to go into today is that Bartimaeus believed that he was who God said he was. He believed that he was significant enough to approach the throne of God. So do you believe that God is who he says he is, but then do you believe that you are who God says you are, a child of God, chosen, a royal priesthood, holy, co-heirs with Christ, son and daughter of the Most High, forgiven, accepted, and loved? Because that's where transformation happens is when we begin to believe that we are who God says we are. So I want all of us to stand up this morning. And I wanna invite our prayer team forward. Our prayer team's gonna be right up here in the front. They're gonna be all up here in the front. And I wanna give you an opportunity to trust in Jesus. Maybe you've never done what I did 13 years ago and began that journey of fully trusting in God and today is your day to do that. Today is your day to throw off your cloak. Listen to me, throw off your cloak and be all in. Bartimaeus had nothing to lose and everything to gain and so do you. So do you. So we're gonna worship together and I'm gonna uh, invite anybody to come down for prayer. Who wants prayer?